0: G'day and welcome back to Talking Leadership, this is Eric Perez. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast and for your ongoing support of the podcast series. By way of introduction, today's guest is a business owner, farmer and cheesemaker. She is the owner of Pecora Dairy. I welcomed to the podcast, Cressida Canes. I started by asking Cressida about her leadership background. Again, thank you for joining me and we'll hand over to Cressida.
1: Yeah, well, I've worn a few different hats, I suppose, throughout my career, which has led me to the leadership role that I'm in today. It started with Pekora Dairy, which I co founded with my husband, Michael. And we really led the industry. With that business back back um, ten years ago when we started, it was creating a startup in rural and regional Australia has significant challenges, uh, particularly in the area of dairying and more specifically sheep dairying, which is what we do. It was quite difficult for us to access information and advice. The cheese making industry at that time was quite closed, and there were very very few uh, sheep dairies for us to contact in Australia at that time. Since then, we have also led the industry with the introduction of raw milk cheese in Australia. So what we produce at papora Dairy is a completely unheat treated raw milk cheese, which is the first type Uh, Which is the first, we're the first cheesery in Australia licensed to be able to produce a cheese of this type. So we spent several years negotiating with the powers that be the authorities for us to be able to get that over, over the line. And it's a it's a really scientific process. And for us now, having that up and running uh in the industry is a is a huge step forward for the Australian cheese industry and for the dairy industry more broadly. It's really, really exciting. And I suppose the the culmination of that and now some years down the track and having a successful business up and running uh, it made me stop and think and have a look at dairying in my own area and more broadly and I could see that there was a a significant decline of small dairy farmers in the industry. So not the big big players, but more the, the little guys, the sort of 200 cows and under who were really shutting their farm gates and finding it very difficult to be profitable. So I decided to do a little bit more research and uh, surveyed quite a number of small dairy farmers to see what challenges they felt and, and how they felt about their industry more generally. And I really found that there was a pretty disappointing well there was a response where where dairy farmers felt disappointed with with where they were at and felt that their their long-term viable future was really looking quite poor so i I felt that I really needed to step in and with my experience and uh, what I'd created so far, I, I came up with the idea of Dairy Cocoon, which is an online platform and support hub that really assists small dairy farmers to transform up the value chain. So by that, I mean literally producing their own brand of milk, yogurt, gelato and cheese
0: This idea of value adding as a form of leadership in your industry, did you see much resistance to doing that or did you get people really interested in trying to do that for their own businesses?
1: No, I've had an overwhelming response from, from dairy farmers actually to uh, to what I've created. And I think, you know, getting back to leadership, I think that to me that's what leadership is, is to be able to identify a problem and to be able to identify it accurately and to be able to uh, have a vision and have a have a solution for that and be able to articulate it such that you can get people on board and really get them working toward that solution in, a, in an effective manner. Manner.
0: It does sound like that. It's It makes for a fantastic case study of how do you adapt to uh, very trying circumstances. And the fact that you set this up and you've got people interested in doing it, I guess, is a reflection of a couple of things and, and that potentially leadership in that space was lacking and so it, it took the producer to go and do one producer yourself to do something different uh, to be a disruptor because leadership is about being disruptive and, and at some point you've, you've got to choose to put put your head above the parapet and do something a little different. And it's always a little bit of a gamble. Uh, let me ask you, was there, was there some trepidation in taking the steps to to found the group that you did? Or did you know that, did you have some feeling, a gut feel that this was going to work?
1: Oh, I knew it was needed. I mean, you know, we import a huge amount of dairy into this country and I don't think people really know that. We're in, increasing our imports of cheese and, and uh, yoghurt and things into this country by 4,000 tonnes every year. You know, it's, it's, really, it's really significant numbers. So on one hand, we have small dairy farmers that are going out of business. And on other hand, we have, um, you know, a large amount of imported dairy. And, you know, I really I'm so passionate about this. And I think that's what you need as a a leader. Uh, You know, I was fortunate enough to win the New South Wales Rural Women's Award. uh, And that's allowed me a platform that I've been able to stand on and really get more information out there. And it's about um, educating the consumer, it's as much about educating the consumer as it is about getting small dairy farmers and getting them interested in looking at an alternative way of running their family, potentially family business that they've been doing for generations.
0: There is no right or wrong answer. It's more from your experience in that leadership space. How do you define leadership, Cressida?
1: Well, I think. People often define leaders as being persuasive and having charisma and, you know, that leaders need to be in a position of power or authority. And whilst these traits are often needed, they're also traits that are present in people in a whole range of industries that aren't necessarily ones of leadership. So, as I mentioned before, I think Leadership to me is this ability to identify a problem and really have a workable solution around it and be able to influence people and uh, surround uh, and, and start to create that movement that will initiate change and lasting change.
0: Yeah, brilliant. That's excellent. I think you've ticked off the must-haves in there. I myself define it as being of service to others. I mean, it's a, mine's a more simplistic one. Yours is quite detailed and it makes sense. But for me, if I was to add anything to it, I would say it's about doing those things and particularly challenging yourself and others and taking them on some kind of journey, which you have with the group that you founded but for me it's also being of service and i think you've done that in spades that if you did the the data collection that you did you know for yourself to try and understand what was happening in your industry that's good stuff because some people either don't have the capacity to do that or don't see the need to do it and until somebody sells them the uh, proof of concept if we can use that terminology that this thing will work then somebody's get up has to get up and give it a go so i appreciate you sharing that definition with me Moving on to something a little different, so everyone has a leadership journey that they've been on. Obviously, you're sharing yours with ours on the podcast today. I like to go to the topic of of leadership and this idea that it's a lonely road. So from your experience, Cressida, is it as lonely as you make it or is it that just is part of being a leader? It's part of the DNA of leadership. Well, what's your perspective?
1: I think I suppose it is different for everybody. For what we started with Pecora Dairy, it was a pretty lonely road looking at leading that industry into starting a sheep dairy. There was um, very little support for us. As I said before, Um, there were people who, you know, farmers and policy people and all sorts who were willing to put down our business and and say it wasn't going to work. So I think overarchingly, you have to be really passionate and goal focused in order to uh, you know keep going on your journey and it can be really lonely and and you know it's that passion and that motivation to keep going which is going to get you toward your to get you toward your end goals I suppose. I think these days there are lots of ways that you can get support in your journey as a leader, uh, particularly for women. I think there are some outstanding programs where you can get mentorship and support during your journey. And that, that doesn't necessarily need to be women from uh, or people from your own industry. Uh, you know, it can be people, it can be someone who you just really admire and, uh, you know, just has the skills and the ability to help and mentor you on your journey, which makes it a, a less lonely process.
0: Measuring success, what does that look like for you?
1: Well, I think I think everyone has a different idea of success, and I think, um, you know, and, and that goes to leadership as well. And leadership doesn't, to me, doesn't have to be, you know, leading in 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 massive things it can be leading in small things it can be leading in your community it can be leading in uh you know something that that uh is relevant to you on a small scale and and that's completely fine i suppose um the general things of things like loyalty of staff uh is is always a good way of um measuring your success in leadership you know where you're at with your goals and whether you're achieving what you set out to to achieve and reflecting on that, really reflecting on that process and seeing how you're working towards things and whether you need to change things and seeing, uh, you know, people's responses as they come along with you along your journey. But one of the big things I think for me is measuring through failure. You know, I think it's it's really important to add in failure and know that that is part of the process uh, and, you know, the key there is to to use that to prepare yourself for even greater challenges and how you're going to approach those.
0: I think we need to do some shirts up, mate. Failure is good. Yeah, <laughs> Failure is a good thing. I'm hearing possibly the hidden entrepreneur there I reckon I've, I've heard that from most of the entrepreneurs that I've spoken to that you have to embrace embrace failure because you will fail more than you succeed but it's that persistence that will get you to either the million dollar idea or to the community program that's just going to absolutely amaze everybody like it's that with failure comes that persistence and I, I, don't, I don't i'm I'm starting to hear from you a little bit that you're the kind of person that's going to keep getting up even though they're getting kicked back down again. And that, that you, you need to see that in, in people in that leadership space too. Leader capabilities will differ for from person to person. I have my own set of what I think they are. It's been changing for me since I've been having conversations. So maybe you're going to throw something at me that I've never heard before, or you'll confirm some stuff, or maybe you'll say something that makes me get nut, nah, don't agree. And, I'll, and we can have a chat about it. So for you, Cressida, what are your key leader capabilities?
1: Now, I think my key leader capabilities would be the ability to coordinate group in the pursuit and achievement of goals. So, in that way, you need to be very motivated and able to sustain that motivation. And and also you need to you need to accept accountability. You need to be able to listen to others and um, take on board whatever you hear and be able to add that into to your processes. And most particularly you need to have innovation and I suppose that's you know that that's going back to identifying what leader what leadership is and that ability to articulate that problem with innovation you need to be able to look at different solutions and things that have never been done before and I suppose that's what I've done with dairy cocoon you know we've got we've identified the problem of these dairy farmers going out of business but but with dairy cocoon nobody's done this before nobody's i mean it's a reasonably simple idea this collation of resources and contacts and things for for dairy farmers to utilize to help them change their businesses but it it is something that's never been done before so you need to uh, you need to look at all things from all all different angles and be able to um, find solutions that just don't seem relevant, They don't seem particularly obvious maybe at the beginning of the journey.
0: Nicely done at the end there. I think I have to agree that time element kicks in too because you can have an idea but it needs time to germinate and sometimes you'll uh, amend your idea as time comes along or, or people throw something at you, you go oh shit I might, I might change tweak some of what I'm doing and I think it's a mark of uh, people that are prepared to do what you say you know that, that a capacity to listen and to and to take in ideas and then to do something with those ideas and uh, more power to you if you've come up with something that no one else has it says a lot of things about you as a leader but it also says that there's something missing from that environment in your industry. And we need those people out there trying to find those gaps and to do something about them. And I guess once that lack of something irritates you enough to take action, then hopefully... It helps other people, but if it can help you to help others, then that's great too. So next topic area. Now, this one I've had in some recent podcasts that have gone out, the response I got to the next topic area made me stop and think about asking the question. And it almost got me to the point where I wasn't going to ask it, but I'm I'm still interested because I think there's something to this. The nature versus nurture question. Are leaders born or made in your estimation, Cressida?
1: I think leaders are all different skills and personalities. And like I said before, you know, it, you don't need to be changing the world to be a leader. You can, it can be on, on a smaller scale. And I think gone are the days that it's just, you need to be a sort of dominating and, and loud personality to be persuasive and get the job done. I think, you know, once you've identified the problem and, and you're really passionate about what you're doing and and you have an ability to get people on board with your idea and initiate change then then fundamentally you're leading so i think throughout the journey you learn skills you're shaped by your environment and your your experience of life and so i definitely think anybody can be a leader
0: whether you're, they're born or made you want good leaders to come out for, for for me asking this question it was more about the what is the thinking around well are you the kind of person that says no Anyone can be a leader and this is the factors that are critical in that process. That's good to know and it's good for people that that are maybe emerging leaders to hear someone like you, Cressida, say that. Or if you'd said to me, no, I think only the best leaders are born and it's their circumstances later that might impact them, like any combination of those things. I had another podcast guest that was speaking to me by the name of Mike House, and I would recommend today's podcast guest yourself, Cressida, and Mike for people to listen in. But Mike suggested, in addition to that question about nature versus nurture, leaders in, by by and large need to make a decision to lead. So either you lead or you don't lead, and that's a decision you have to make at some point. In that spectrum, also that you have to be prepared to be a lifelong learner if you're going to be a leader. What well, what's what's your view on that? as a statement, uh, Christina
1: oh, I think that's quite interesting. I, I mean, I didn't set out to be a leader when we started Pekora Dairy. I wouldn't have thought that I'd be in the sort of position and with the sort of platform that I now have in the dairy industry. And it's really a, a culmination of sort of skills and and things that I've learned along the way. But I think that definitely the consistent and cohesive theme would, would always be an interest and a curious nature and the desire to always learn and constantly know more and increase your skills in the area that you're in for sure
0: if you could do something different and go back in time we get in the time machine we go back to you as a a, a newbie in your industry what would you say to a younger version of yourself about being an effective leader
1: I think I would have said to myself to back myself more I think issues of sort of self doubt and you know the old imposter syndrome was was quite significant and I think that you know, an older me and a more experienced me would look back and think, uh, you know, that that even back then I had a, had a lot to offer. And it's really important just to just to back yourself and put your hand up for things and really grasp opportunities when they when they come along. And when I applied for the Rural Women's Award. Uh, that, was, that was quite a significant and, and pivotal point for me in my leadership journey, winning the New South Wales Award. And it's as I said before, it's allowed me a really amazing platform, but it's also opened a huge number of opportunities for me uh, in all sorts of places that I didn't really foresee, I suppose. And that's really kind of augmented my leadership journey and uh, really taken it on a, on a pretty exciting path.
0: One thing you've done and I appreciate this for this podcast and for all of my previous podcast guests is that being able to weave the narrative of your journey and your practice is a good thing to be able to do now I'm not saying you need to have these conversations every bloody day nobody wants to talk about this every day but occasionally if you're going to step out and be a leader these conversations are important because I think for those younger leaders you know men and women across the country that are on the come up they want to know what a Cressida thinks about this stuff and and having a window to that is a good way to start some other conversations so thank you for your time mate for those listening this has been talking leadership I've been speaking to Cressida Kane thank you for your time man
1: thanks so much for having me eric it was a great chat
0: again thank you for following the podcast thanks everyone and i'll catch you all on the next podcast